This is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It is Thursday, 20th of July, 2023. Markets uh, finally in for a little bit of uh, a risk off here late yesterday after the Tesla and Netflix earnings reported. Uh, the session uh, prior to that was was mixed. We tried new highs. Uh, I think the S&P closed very slightly higher while the Nasdaq was very slightly lower. Uh, but again, Tesla really impacting things after hours. I'll get to some of the specifics uh, on that in a moment. But we can see the overview there of the equity theme baskets on slide two. And uh, while bubble stocks were not particularly prominent uh, in either way during the session, I think the situation might be somewhat different as we look at uh, today's open, assuming this sort of negative feel holds here a little bit. Uh, pretty rocky road. Uh, elsewhere, we saw the dollar back and forth uh, quite a bit overnight. It came in a bit firmer yesterday, but then was uh, was hit overnight by especially China moving with some measures to prop up its currency. It set the fixing uh, far stronger than expected and announced some measures uh, looking at um lifting or, or altering some of the restrictions on borrowing and FX uh, or exposures to foreign FX uh, for companies. And uh, there's also some talk, uh, at least I've seen uh, some headlines suggesting they may be considering lifting some of the home <clears throat> home buying restrictions that were limiting uh, activity in the property market uh, besides the general move uh, against uh, the leveraging up of that sector as well. So there's a bit of a change in news uh, overnight there. We saw the Aussie uh, popping a little bit on a pretty solid jobs report, the unemployment rate uh, edging back lower there and the strong full-time jobs gains. And now that we're coming into the uh, the European session this morning, we'll see the dollar sort of pushing a little bit back higher here. Uh, I've got an FX overview there on slide two in today's slide deck. And you can have a look at that, looking at what I think is one of the more interesting things that I put in my uh, FX update yesterday. You can find that on analysis.saxo. Uh, where I discussed, uh, and I believe I made it on the uh, made the call on the podcast yesterday, that now that we have this uh, softer core CPI figure out of the UK, we could probably expect that this this very remarkable outperformance of sterling that we've seen pretty much since the uh, outset of this year and through uh, yeah, let's call it a week ago or so, is is pretty much done for the cycle. That's not to say the specific uh, sterling pairs are going to roll over aggressively. I think the broad outperformance in sterling is probably done. Now we've seen a, a tremendous reset uh, back lower on uh, of, of Bank of England expectations on this CPI report. Of course, we'll have to see what uh, uh, Bailey and Company have to say at the Bank of England meeting the week after next. Uh, but the other thing I point out in my FX update yesterday is we're noting a continued sort of softening in the ECB's tone on its uh, intention to continue tightening policy. They seem to be pretty comfortable with signaling this July move that is 90-something percent priced in, 25 basis points next Thursday, that is, but really reluctant to guide for anything on September. And that's a kind of a change of tone. We've seen short-end EU rates coming in lower. And, uh, you know, some of it has been, we've seen slightly softer uh, inflation prints. But if we look at, uh, if we look at some of the currency action and, and the strength of the euro in broad terms, it's gone almost vertical uh, strength-wise versus the Japanese yen. 
uh, this year, uh, for, mu for much of this year, and especially uh, over the last couple of months, uh, and even more so, and, and even more recently, versus the Chinese uh, yuan or renminbi. And I put a chart up there on slide three showing the euro versus those two currencies. And we have to remember that uh, the EU is a, you know, traditionally one of the big exporting blocks, so its competitiveness of its exports has to be a consideration. And I think this strong euro, uh, given that uh, a lot of input prices are coming down uh, and we're seeing some disinflation there, they're starting to look at the currency side of things uh, as a potential concern. So uh, I think it could be a growing theme, uh, and this could weigh against the ability for euro to continue outperforming broadly. It also helps support my view that uh, with this ECB shift, it's uh, firming up my view that the 3, 6, 12 month outlook for Euro Yen has to be much, much lower. Now, short term, we have a uh, Japanese uh, CPI number up tonight. If that one's a little bit soft or uh, you know, we, do, we don't get anything from the Bank of Japan next week, no indication they want to tweak policy just yet. There, there could be one more uh, you know, dash lower in the Japanese Yen here, but I'm looking for patterns that suggest that this Euro Yen, that a Euro Yen top uh, is in over the coming weeks. Other developments, you see the big momentum shift there on the FX board, uh, the, the two and five day, how much sterling has come off here. Uh, Euro, Euro sterling has really lifted aggressively. Cable found support uh, around 128.68, I think it was the low yesterday, just ahead of a prior major market high around 128.50. Um, and that's uh, that 128.50 to 128 area, I would suggest is uh, a reversal zone if we're getting uh, below there. Not there yet. The the dollar has not really reversed enough in enough places to, to suggest that we have the chance of a, a, a bullish U.S. dollar comeback here. I think that's going to require tightening of financial conditions, a really more profound change across uh, risk sentiment to get something like that uh, in gear. Um, one story to flag, not really related to, uh, to FX at all, uh, this um, a big pop in the wheat market is something to pay attention to. Uh, going forward, a huge surge there as Russia has essentially declared open season on, on Ukrainian shipping. Any ship heading into Ukrainian ports can be considered as possibly containing military cargo, uh, regardless of the flag it's flying. It's a pretty aggressive move, to say the least, and this has uh, the wheat market concerned uh, for good reason. So pay attention to that also as an indicator uh, geopolitically, uh, what that could bring in terms of a response, but as well on EM and on the inflation side of things. All right, let's do a little brief wrap before I talk about the earnings that are coming up today. And I don't have a lot to say about those uh, reports. Uh, Peter is out uh, this week, and he's out the next two weeks as well on holiday. But uh, the the two big ones, of course, uh, yesterday after the close were Netflix and Tesla. To take Netflix uh, first, it was the one that was most negatively impacted. Uh, you know, and arguably there was it was really priced for a very strong. Uh, earnings release here, given the uh, the scale of the of the pump in the stock price ahead of this earnings report, subscriber growth was outstanding, uh, far above expectations. Again, some of that on this cracking down on passwords, uh, password sharing, uh, but they missed on revenue and and on guidance. So guiding only for eight and a half or eight point five two versus consensus of eight point six seven, uh, and then uh, saying that. Uh, that the strikes and this is kind of there's some irony here so they have this you know global production base and they do produce for other countries outside of the u.s of course with their global uh their global presence but they're saying that these strikes in hollywood could save it one and a half billion dollars well that's great but what about your content uh pipeline if some of it does have to be produced into the u.s i'm not sure that was fully addressed 
Long story short, the shares dropped uh, more than 8% in, in late trading after the close. That's a, a bit of a check there to that uh, stock prices advance. Another check was in Tesla, we, where we saw some of those levels we talked about recently coming into play, the 295 level uh, on Tesla shares. It was off 4% after hours on the earnings report there. And uh, the focus uh, there was on was on margins. And that was what I pulled out in, in highlighting uh, Tesla's financials yesterday. As well, there was a bit skinny on details with the Cybertruck uh, in terms of production plans, numbers. There, was very, there were very few details uh, on that. Uh, even if overall sales and revenue from Tesla were okay, it is the margin focus. Uh, Musk guiding that he's very happy to keep an aggressive uh, stance on margins to ensure that they're getting uh, market share and cutting prices whenever he can. And that's a challenge for the valuation of the company. And just, again, we, we've talked about this endlessly before, but just just for some perspective here, I mean, we have a company, it's amazing what they've done. They've grown revenue to uh, getting close to $100 billion on an annual basis. That compares to the Toyotas and Volkswagens of the world that are around 300, give or take. Uh, so we have a company that's uh, one-third the size and, and could certainly, with its growth rate, eventually get there to the uh, tripling its size. Although if you look out the curve, that's gonna take some number of years. Uh, and yet, we have a company that's valued, so you take Volkswagen, similar margins, uh, around the 17% on the margin side, uh, EB, uh, EBITDA uh, margins. Similar for Volkswagen, give or take, uh, with with Tesla. Volkswagen valued market cap wise at $70, $70 billion. Uh, and Tesla with, uh, with its one third or less of sales, valued at th some 13 times that at $923 billion as of yesterday's uh, close. So there, uh, you, know, you have to have a Tesla that can deliver a tripling of its size and, and needs to really expand margins by a considerable amount. Otherwise, uh, you know, wh what is justifying this valuation? Of course, it has to be on the innovation side, the idea that they can charge special uh, extra pricing and, and, and reap more attractive margins on the software side. That's not being realized at the moment. So, uh, yeah, let's see where this uh, where this takes us. But it's just to remind us of these evaluation extremes, and there's some kind of really extra uh, premium there for Tesla shares. We have a number of uh, interesting companies reporting today. Very wide range of, of, of types of companies. Uh, TSMC was out overnight. They they beat on the margins and they improved. Uh, their their results were better than expected, although we're still year on year down in terms of overall sales. And uh, just wanted to pull out Blackstone, which I put the chart up there on uh, on slide five. There's a headline uh, touting the fact that they're about to become a company with one trillion dollars in assets under management. Uh, and Blackstone, if you don't know, is an investment company, invests in all kinds of uh, uh, ventures with private equity, real estate, uh, and otherwise. But there is a concern around the, the deal activity here, and of course that's linked to higher uh, interest rates. And you can see on the chart there on, on slide uh, five, that's a five-year chart of Blackstone. There was an incredible pump there, enjoying the the, uh, the you know the crazy market activity of very low rates in 2020 and 2021 on the pandemic response. That coming, you know, a good deal of that coming unwound in 2022 as the Fed was on its um, uh, rate tightening, uh, strong rate tightening regime. And then we've seen uh, quite a comeback now over the last several months. And I think a lot of that linked to the general tone across asset markets. But uh, it looks like a pretty aggressive comeback here when we still have these uh, very high yields. 
but of course, some of that linked to simply looser financial conditions, a factor we've talked a lot about here uh, over the last uh, several weeks on, on the Saxo market call. All right, I think it's going to be a pretty short and sweet one today, but we do have a couple of interesting things coming up on the calendar. Uh, the Turkish uh, rate decision today, they're expected uh, at 11 GMT, and you see the macro calendar overview on slide six. 350 basis points, they're expected to add to the rate to bring it to 18.5% after hiking less than expected the prior round uh, to only 15% from the prior, I'm forgetting what it was now, 8 or 9%. There was a, largely the prior rate was fictional anyway because the real uh, interest rate differentials were much wider. Uh, and we have the, the latest weekly claims, uh, the market very reactive to, to surprises and data, so that could bring uh, a market reaction. And then, as indicated, that Japanese national CPI data point up in Asian hours tonight. And keep in mind, we have the three big central banks up next week. With the Bank of Japan, I think, where there's the most anticipation around, could they do something? Could they tweak the yield curve control uh, band currently at 50 basis points either side of zero? Uh, or are they going to, to punt this down the road? And I think even if they don't move, if they're just indicate a willingness uh, for the next round of forecasts um, beyond the new forecasts that are coming next week with this Bank of Japan meeting, uh, that, uh, that that would do the trick as, as well as uh, actually making a small tweak now uh, and then not indicating that they're going to do anything more for the cycle. So there, there are a number of different paths there. We'll talk more about it next week. And of course, the, this uh, national CPI number does feed into the risks a little bit going into that. Though I think one of the key risks or one of the key factors was the big uh, wage jump we saw uh, in May from uh, from Japan. So yeah, a, a big one there. And I think uh, looking at uh, the yen crosses will be uh, the FX, the chief sort of occupation for FX traders over the next uh, week plus as we look into that Bank of Japan meeting. I think the ECB is going to, uh, we've already started shaping up what the guidance is there, and the FOMC as well. Do they really want to signal much more? market is really not willing to believe they're going to go beyond one more uh, rate hike for now. What is the rhetoric there? Is there any sense that they're a little bit concerned on the easy financial conditions front, et cetera, et cetera. They haven't really indicated anything at all on that front uh, that I've seen anyway uh, in recent weeks. So uh, lots to look at. And we have, of course, earnings season rolling in uh, in a big way next week. The next two weeks are the, really the heart of the earnings season. Okay, that's a quick one for today. I'll, I'll wrap it there and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com. 